Chapter 5, Part 1 of Sin and Its Consequences by Henry Edward Manning. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter 5 The Grace and Works of Penance. Part 1 Receive ye the Holy Ghost, whose sins you shall forgive, they are forgiven them, whose sins you shall retain, they are retained. John chapter 20, verses 22 and 23. It was late in the evening of the first day of the week, when Jesus rose from the dead, that his disciples were gathered together, and the doors were shut for fear of the Jews. When they least expected it, unawares, and by his divine power, he came, though the doors were closed, and stood in the midst of them, and his first words were, Peace be unto you. And when he had assured them that it was he himself, their fears were dispelled. He then said, Receive ye the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost proceeds from the Father and from the Son, and I, the Son of God, breathe upon you. Receive ye the Holy Ghost, whose sins you shall forgive, they are forgiven them, whose sins you shall retain, they are retained. That is, he gave them the proof of his Godhead in the power of absolution. He gave them the proof of his Godhead, for the Pharisees were right when they asked, Who shall forgive sins but God only? Matthew chapter 2 verse 10 God alone can absolve, and God alone can give the power of absolution. When the power of absolution is exercised by any man, he is but an instrument in the hand of God. The absolver is always God himself. Our Lord exercised, among many other attributes of his Godhead upon earth, these three powers of special divinity. He raised the dead, he multiplied the bread in the wilderness, and he cleansed the lepers. And these three works of almighty power, which are altogether divine, he has committed in a spiritual form to his church forever. When he said, Go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost, in that power of baptism, he gave to his apostles and their successors the power of raising from spiritual death to spiritual life. Those who are born dead in sin are raised by a new birth to spiritual life. When he instituted the most holy sacrament of his body and blood and gave to his church the authority to say, This is my body, he gave the power to feed his people with the bread of life and to multiply that bread forever. When he said, Whose sins ye shall forgive, they are forgiven unto them, he gave the power of cleansing the leprosy of the soul. Sometimes incoherent, or what is worse, controversial minds imagine, or at least say, that this power was confined to the apostles. The very words are enough to prove the contrary. 
but there is an intrinsic reason in the thing which to any christian mind must be sufficient to show that these three powers are perpetual for what are these three powers but the authority to apply to the souls of men forever the benefits of the most precious blood of jesus christ the precious blood would have been shed in vain if it were not applied to the souls of men one by one the most potent medicines work no cures save in those to whom they are applied and the precious blood which is the remedy of sin works the healing of the soul only by its application baptism the holy sacrament of the altar and the sacrament of penance are three divine channels whereby the precious blood of jesus christ is applied to the soul i am conscious that our thoughts hitherto have been full of sharpness and severity we have been dwelling upon sin upon mortal and venial sins and upon sins of omission we enter now upon another region the realm of peace of grace of pardon and of healing therefore we will speak of the grace and the works of penance penance is both a virtue and a sacrament penance means simply repentance i do not suppose that anybody who hears me is so narrow-minded or so little cultivated as to wring the chances of controversial misunderstanding upon the word penance and the like repentance or penitence or penance are all one and the same word and thing just as the word alms is the contraction of the word elimosine so the word penance is but a contraction of the word penitence a little learning is a dangerous thing and in controversy it is worst of all from the beginning of the world the grace of penance has been poured out upon men it is an interior disposition of the soul before god and from the beginning of the world the holy ghost whose office it is to convince the world of sin has convinced sinners of their transgressions has converted them to penance and from penance has made them saints but penance in the christian law is also a sacrament and i have to explain the meaning of the grace and the action of the sacrament and how they are united number one first penance is a grace or inward disposition of the soul and i need not go far to find an explanation i need not frame any explanation of my own for we have a divine delineation of what penance is drawn as it were by a pencil of light by our divine saviour himself in the parable of the prodigal son there we have a revelation of what the grace of penance is you remember the parable a man had two sons and the younger came to him and said give me the portion that falleth to me and when he had received it he went into a far country and wasted it in riot fell into misery and returned to his father and was pardoned 
let us take the main features of this first this son who under the roof of a loving father had need of nothing for his father was rich chafed and was fretful because the authority of a superior will was upon him he could not bear the yoke of living under a paternal rule and his imagination was all on fire with the thought of liberty he looked at the horizon it may be the mountains that bounded the lands and fields of his father and pictured to himself the valleys and plains and cities full of youth and happiness and life and freedom a happy land if only he could break away from the restraints of home he came to his father and with a cold-hearted insolence said give me the portion that falleth to me which being translated is give me what i shall have when you are dead there was a spirit of undutifulness and of ingratitude in that demand but the father gave it and the parable says that not many days after that is with all speed in fact gathering all things together all he had and all he could get he went off into a far country and there he spent all he had in living riotously then there came a mighty famine and he having spent all things was reduced to beggary his fair-weather friends all forsook him the parasites who fed at his table all abandoned him and those that spoke him fair when he was rich and had anything to give them turned their backs upon him his very servants were not to be seen he found himself isolated destitute and brought to such extremity that he went to one of the citizens of that country and offered himself as his servant the citizen accepted him not into his house he did not even send him into his garden no nor into his vineyard he sent him into his fields and not to tend his sheep no nor to watch over his oxen but to feed his swine such is the degradation of a sinner in that extremity of need no man gave to him all his old friends were afar off if they possessed anything they kept it to themselves or at least they gave nothing to him there was no memory no gratitude of their past friendship he was fain to fill his hunger with the husks not only the husks which the swine did eat but the husks which the swine had left the husks which fell as it were from the trough of a herd of swine reduced to such misery which is the picture of a soul in mortal sin as i have described before he came to himself the word is he returned to himself he not only had left his father but had forsaken himself he was out of himself beside himself for sin is madness when he returned to himself he said how many hired servants of my father have bread in abundance and i here perish for hunger i will arise and go to my father and will say unto him 
father i have sinned against heaven and before thee and am no more worthy to be called thy son make me as one of thy hired servants here was the consciousness of unworthiness he did not aspire to be a son again that he thought was lost for ever it was enough for him and he was content to accept the position of a hired servant under his father's roof and he arose and went to his father and as he was coming it may be down the path of a mountainside barefoot and ragged up which he had gone a little while ago in all the bravery of his apparel and his pride before he caught sight of his father his father saw him afar off for love gives keenness of sight to a father's eye he saw his son returning and he ran towards him he was as eager to forgive as the son was to be forgiven i more he fell upon his neck and the prodigal son began his confession father i have sinned against heaven and before thee but before he could finish the words make me as one of thy hired servants never came out of his mouth his father fell upon his neck and kissed him and forgave him all he was perfectly absolved and the father said bring forth quickly that is make haste no delay the first robe the robe he had before and put it on him put shoes on his feet and a ring on his hand restore him not only to the state of pardon but to the full possession of all he had before his fall for this my son was dead and is alive again he was lost and is found we see here in the prodigal son the grace of penance that is self-knowledge self-condemnation sorrow for the past conversion and self-accusation we have here then i say a divine delineation of what it is let us take another example there was in jerusalem one who was rich and abounded in all things she possessed also the fatal gift of beauty which has been eternal death to tens of thousands she was living in wealth and luxury and enjoyment and as the apostle said was dead while she lived she decked herself out in gold and in fine apparel like the daughters of jerusalem of whom the prophet isaiah says that they were haughty and walked with their necks stretched out with wanton glances in their eyes and making a noise with their feet and walking with a mincing step with the affectation of an immodest and luxurious life she was known to be a sinner and was notorious in the city on a day we know not when we know not where for it is not written she chanced as we say to light upon the presence and to hear the voice of our divine redeemer it may be that it was in the temple where he taught daily it may be she had gone up to the temple in all the bravery and all the ostentation of her apparel 
not to worship the holy one of israel but from curiosity and to be seen and to show herself to men but she found herself in the presence of one whose calm dignity abashed her at first it may be she resisted the sound of the voice but there was something in it which thrilled to the depth of the heart there was something in the still steady gaze of that divine eye which she could not escape a shaft of light cut her heart asunder and an illumination showed her to herself even as god saw her covered with sins red as scarlet and as the leper white as snow she went her way with a wound deep in the heart a wound which could never be healed save only by the hand that made it she went to her own home no doubt and cast over in her mind what she had heard the gaze that had been fixed upon her and the sound of that voice were still in her memory she could escape them nowhere no doubt there was a conflict going on day after day and her old companions her evil friends and the manifold dangers of life came thick about her as before but she had no soul for them at last laying aside her finery and ostentation unclasping the jewels from her head and with her hair all loose about her with an alabaster box of ointment she walked through the streets of jerusalem before the eyes of men caring for no one thinking of no one but of god and of her own sins hearing that jesus of nazareth sat at meat in the house of simon the pharisee she broke into the midst of the banquet under the scornful piercing indignant eyes that were fixed upon her without shame because her only shame was before the eye of god without fear knowing what she was because she had come to know of the love and tenderness of him who had spoken to her she stood silent behind him weeping she had the courage even to kiss his feet to wash them with her tears to wipe them with the hair of her head while the pharisee secretly rebuked our divine lord and asked him in his heart if this man had been a prophet would he not have known what manner of woman this is she is a sinner and he would not have allowed her to touch his feet but those feet had in them the healing of sin the touch of those feet powerful as the touch upon the hem of his garment cleansed that poor sinner he turned and in the hearing of them all he said her sins which are many are forgiven her because she has loved much here is an example of the grace of penance and an example not of penance only but of perfect and full absolution given in a moment more than this of a complete restoration of purity given to the most fallen in token of that absolution and of that restoration privileges were granted to mary magdalene beyond others she out of whom jesus cast seven devils 
was the one who stood at the foot of the cross with the immaculate mother of god it was she who kissed his feet at that supper who afterwards anointed them and wound them in the fine linen for his burial it was she the greatest of sinners who next after his immaculate mother saw him before all others when he rose from the dead and these tokens of the love of jesus to penitents and to the greatest of penitents have been followed in the kingdom of heaven with a glory proportioned to her sorrow and to her love mary magdalene is set forth forever as an example of the grace of penitence and of the perfect absolution of the most precious blood but perhaps you will say she had never known our saviour she committed all her sins before she came to the knowledge of his love i have known him and therefore the sins i have committed i have committed against the light and my sins are more ungrateful than hers and are therefore guiltier and i have less hope of pardon let us see then if there be another example is there an example of any friend who had been highly privileged greatly blessed who had known everything who had received all the light and grace which came from the presence and the words of our divine saviour in those three years of his public life is there any such who afterwards sinned against him there was one to whom the light of the knowledge of the son of god was first revealed by the father in heaven there was one who was first of all the apostles because of this illumination of faith and to whom our divine lord said i say unto thee thou art peter and upon this rock i will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it and unto thee will i give the keys of the kingdom of heaven and whatsoever thou shalt bind on earth shall be bound in heaven and whatsoever thou shalt loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven this friend preferred above all others dignified above all others protested to his master though all men should forsake thee yet will not i i am ready to go with thee to prison and to death luke chapter twenty two verse thirty three though all men shall deny thee i will never deny thee he had the courage to draw his sword in the garden and cut off the ear of the servant of the high priest yet this man three times denied his master he denied him utterly i never knew the man i am not of his disciples and with cursing and swearing he renounced his lord here then is the ingratitude and the sin of a cherished friend but on that night he went out and he wept bitterly and his bitter tears upon that night of sin obtained for him not only perfect absolution in the evening of the first day of the week but the power of absolving the sins of others sinners like himself receive ye the holy ghost whose sins you shall forgive they are forgiven unto them p 
peter received his own absolution his own forgiveness and in that moment he was restored to his dignity as prince of the apostles though he was upbraided in the gray of the morning on the sea of tiberius by the three questions of tender reproof simon son of john lovest thou me lovest thou me more than these to remind him of his three falls peter was restored to more than he had before he was made head on earth of the mystical body of christ he died a martyr for his lord and he reigns in heaven by his master's side we have here again an example of the grace of penance and what do we see in it just the same sorrow self-accusation reparation as before here is the virtue and grace of penance what then is the sacrament this grace of penance is as old as the world it is to be found everywhere where the holy spirit works in the hearts of men if they are faithful and correspond with it what then is the meaning of the sacrament our lord has instituted a divine sacrament in which he gives the absolution of his most precious blood to those that accuse themselves he instituted it on that night when he spoke the words with which i began and the reason for which he instituted it is this that we may have something more than our self-assurance on which to depend for the hope of our absolution the pharisee in the temple who stood afar off and said god i thank thee that i am not as other men are extortioners unjust adulterers or even as this publican luke chapter eighteen verse eleven that pharisee absolved himself but his absolution was not ratified in heaven and so it is often among men there are men who absolve themselves all the day long they forget the sins of their childhood boyhood youth and manhood the sins of last year the sins of yesterday and having a slippery treacherous memory of their own sins though retentive and tenacious of the sins of other men they are perpetually absolving themselves and assuring themselves that they are pardoned and forgiven before god there cannot be a state more dangerous delusive or fatal and in order to guard us from this our divine lord has instituted a sacrament in which to assure us of our absolution in which our absolution is a judicial act an authoritative sentence an act pronounced by one who is impartial and who has authority we are not left to absolve ourselves we are absolved in the name and by the power of jesus christ by a judge empowered by himself moreover in that sacrament there is grace given and that grace is the grace of the holy ghost having two effects first to give us light to know ourselves more truly and thereby to understand to count up to measure and to appreciate our sins and the gravity of them 
and secondly that same grace enables us to be contrite and to make the acts of sorrow for those reasons our lord instituted the sacrament that is he took the grace of penance which was working from the beginning of the world and incorporated it in a visible sign and he communicates his absolution and the grace of penance to those who come for it as he gives the bread of life to those who receive holy communion at the altar end of chapter five part one